You're listening to the Kaiju Apostle podcast, Building a Bridge Edition. everyone thank you for tuning back in to uh i almost said my old podcast name because we we're just talking about it uh the kaiju apostle podcast building a bridge edition uh this is david and joining me tonight is lisa nafziger how are you pretty good i'm so thrilled that you said my name right <laughs> yeah i was like as soon as i said that i'm like oh crap nope you just gotta go with all the letters that are there don't add any don't take them away yeah <laughs> So I would ask you how you're doing, but I mean, we've actually been chatting for almost a half hour now. Um, but yeah, tell everybody, how are you doing tonight? Great. Um, recovering from holiday stuff. Um, we traveled home to see my family. Um, just got back a couple days ago, getting back in the swing of things with work and where I'm at with my freelance stuff. So it's been busy, but we had some time to relax today and go see a movie. So that was fun. I went and saw Knives Out yeah. and it was awesome. <laughs> I have been telling everybody that I can to go see that movie. I had to it's tell so one of my good. customers the other day. I'm like, you know, she's like, yeah, I'm going to go to a movie with my daughter. I'm like, oh, what are you going to go see? She's like, cats. I'm like, oh, heck no. No, you're I not. I have a lot to say about that one, too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I had to sell her on uh, doing that or go and see uh, Uncut Gems. So I'll have to touch base and see what she saw. But nice. So what do you So you said you like Knives Out? I did. Um, it was great. Yeah, it was a. Uh, I like the whodunit films. I mean, those are fun, but this one was one of those things where, like, looking back, you're like, it was there the whole time. I know. Expectations subverted, but Fair. in, like, a fun way. I think yeah. it did a bunch of twists, but twists on the twists, I guess. So definitely worth seeing. Yeah, I've, I've heard rumors there's going to be a sequel. Not super thrilled about that because I'm kind of that one oh, and done guy. I don't guy. know what they do. <laughs> I know. Like have them solve another case, but then I'm like, I just, no, just leave it alone. Leave it alone. Yeah. I don't feel like Ryan Johnson is a person who would do that. So I'm just still like hoping that's not the case. So, yeah. <laughs> um, so for if this is your first time listening to uh, this special episode, what we're doing here is... Uh, uh, highlighting people in the fandom who are making a difference through their artwork, through the discussions that they have. Maybe they're a podcaster as well. Um, really just people trying to lead by example and creating unity and listening within the Godzilla Kaiju fandom. So Lisa, if you could go ahead, uh, tell the listeners a little bit about yourself outside of your, your love for giant monsters. That is a big substantial part of it. But Outside of that, um, I'm a comic artist and children's book illustrator. I had a graphic novel come out earlier this year that was like a young adult dad and daughter crime story. It's called Minus. Um, mm -hmm. I did that through Iron Circus Comics. So proud of that, that that's out in the world. Um, I've seen it in a couple bookstores and the library. So I was like, ah, oh, it's really out there. I feel like that's the real awesome. deal now. <laughs> um, so I do that. I've done some work on children's books. Um, and I'm currently doing a kaiju webcomic called Taking Back Tokusatsu. And... It's been fun. It's had a great response. In some ways, there are more people engaging with that than the book that I had come out. So it's like, oh, what do you guys want? Do you want me to do web comics or do books? I don't know. <laughs> but as long as I'm drawing, it's fun. 
Is your plan, I, I can't remember because I am, you know, a patron for your Patreon there. Yes, you is are. Your, is your plan on creating, like taking that and making a book out of it or? I do picture it as one full volume at the end. Um, mm. I think because I wanted to do it like serialized as a webcomic, I felt more free range of how long it could be. So I really felt the crunch when I was working on the graphic novel that, oh, I pitched it as 150 and it's already closing in on 200, which was a lot extra than what I had pitched it as. Um, yeah. So now I don't have those kinds of constraints. So I think I can make it how long I want it to be, but um, it will just be one book at the end of it all. I don't format it in like a the Webtoons way where you have to like do endless scrolling. Like it's already formatted so that it'll be for a book. So I think it'll be pretty easy to translate. I just got to get the work done. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and, and I will say, so that was... I don't remember how many months it's been now, but keeping track of that. I mean, it has been a lot of fun. I don't, I haven't read Minus. I know, I think I told you so. My sister, she's been in Alaska, but she's got that waiting for her when she gets home. So nice. I'm excited to see what she says about that. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, it's been fun to read. Like I, I would say you've got a way, especially the the parent dynamic in that too, with the, I can't remember his name, with the son. Um, just the frustration of being a parent sometimes, like I can relate to that. Um, I'm not a single parent, but just the, it's almost like a, it's a job in itself. You know, mm -hmm. my wife stays at home and I learned very quickly to not say that she doesn't work because she absolutely does. <laughs> right. And she has a much harder job than I do. So even just small things like that, I was reading, I'm like, yeah, I can relate, you know, so having everything else thrown in, um, I'm personally really excited to see where it goes. Thanks. It's been fun to work on. I've had the everything in progress for longer than this, but I've like actually dedicatedly, if that's a word, been working on it since the start of the year um, because mm -hmm. I launched it with Patreon. So that's been good to have that kind of engagement and support. Um, yeah. Patrons like you making it possible. It sounds corny <laughs> to say, but it does make a difference. Like it, it really, really takes a lot of pressure for me to like find extra freelance jobs to like pay the bills. Like I can focus way more on this and I really like it. Yeah. That's awesome. And I'll make sure we give a chance for you to plug everything here at the end. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah, I mean, tell us what got you into Godzilla to begin with. Like, where does your story start? I've always been interested in dinosaurs and monsters. So I think it was just a natural fit that dad brought home a Godzilla movie one time. And I was like, oh, this is so great. I think the first one I watched was Terror of Mechagodzilla. There we go. It was like some bargain bin $5 VHS tape at a store. And we watched that together. And I love Titanosaurus still, like, to mm -hmm. this day is, like, one of my favorite of the Godzilla kaiju. But um, I remember watching them with my dad. And um, anything in that genre was always super interesting to me. Or um, at that time, too, the the Matthew Broderick Godzilla, that came out in my childhood. The one that killed Matt Frank. <laughs> Jacob remembers it way more fondly than I do. You can hear about it on that other podcast. But <laughs> <laughs> that was a fun episode. But I loved the, the cartoon that they did um, based off of that. I think it started in 1998 and did it a couple years. But yeah, I love that kind of stuff. So that's where it all began. And it didn't stop. <laughs> yeah. So, Terry uh, Mechagodzilla, you said you you brought it home. Was it VHS? I'm assuming. Mm -hmm. So, did it have like I'm, I've got it pulled up here? The it was like the red background with like the really weird looking Mechagodzilla on the front. I think that's the one. Yeah, and yeah. it's like this really bad English dub. And then my dad, of so course, bad. would like give his own terrible commentary over top of it too. So, <laughs> it was just a good experience all around. 
Yeah, it's uh, I, I do remember watching that one as a kid because I didn't. So that was the thing is, I don't know if you guys ever did this, but my mom would either she would rent movies from Blockbuster and we would have that VHS player that would have two slots so you could play one and record one. So we'd always record the movies oh, we took from Blockbuster right. so we could have it at <laughs> home. It was either that or we'd record it when it was on TV, right? So that mm. was how we had the majority of our movies. We didn't actually nice. own a lot of the, the actual ones, but we did have this one. And I remember watching it. And as a kid, I'm like, something about this seems off. Like, I didn't understand the difference between like subs and dubs back then. But I was like, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I'm missing something here. <laughs> I just remember that was probably one of the most like jarring dubs for me growing up. Yeah, it'd either be like I noticed that people's mouths aren't syncing up with what they're saying or there'd just mm-hmm. be like really long, awkward pauses or nobody's mouth is moving and you still hear people talking. And I'm just like, huh, I think it just gave me this like bad impression of foreign films like, oh, people in other countries are kind of goofy with their movies. Like, I don't right. know why they're not doing a good job. <laughs> like, that's my perception of it instead of like, oh, no, it's actually everybody in the States translating everything for us. It's like, Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. And uh, unfortunately, I mean, that's that's even something within the fandom still pretty prevalent where people will still watch the dubs primarily, which is fine. But then they just assume all these films, the films are silly. I'm like, they're really not, though. But mm-hmm. if you watch the dubs, yeah, of course, you're going to think, right? You're going to think, why is this guy complaining about corns in the middle of the jungle when that wasn't even close to what he was actually saying? Right. That is the sad <laughs> downside to the Criterion box set before. I love it, but man, there's only the English dub version of King Kong versus Godzilla. So there's not even, I don't it's think there the, was, there's the not even the scene, it's iconic the scene where you like puts the the tree down his throat oh it is there yeah it's on maybe it's i on didn't look gate. far enough okay yeah. oh i'm going in order so maybe yeah. that's why i didn't see it oh so, okay i think it has to do something with the rights about it but i don't think they could market it as like the primary version but they have it as an extra on there that's good to know because i was pretty bummed and i was yeah. like after all we went through to get this box <laughs> set everything i shelled out to get this you don't even have what i wanted to see <laughs> Yeah, Good. and that's that's why I was really glad. I was like, oh, I could get rid of my bootleg because I that was a big moment for me. It was like watching the Japanese one for the first time. It was probably in March of this year, and I'm like, holy crap, my childhood is a lie. Like this is actually Things a good so movie. <laughs> yeah. So with your dad, then I mean, did he grow up watching the films, or was it just something that when you were growing up he got into as well? I think it was more of like a casual find, but he's definitely into like the supernatural kinds of stuff. I do blame him for a lot of like early exposure to the X-Files. And we watched a lot of like Law and Order and Criminal. Well, Criminal Minds isn't part of my childhood, but still like he's always watching (laughs) some kind of, um, yeah, spooky show. And I would stay up way too late watching them with him. And then I'd get scared and couldn't fall asleep and then come downstairs and be like, I can't sleep, Dad. And he's like, whatever, let's watch another one. So... A lot of X-Files with dad, for sure. But I think the Godzilla thing, he's just like, ah, whatever, what can it hurt? And it was it was fun for me. But he doesn't seem like he's too nostalgic for, like, Godzilla specifically. I think yeah. I've surpassed him at this point. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I've got to ask, though. So X-Files, I don't remember what episode it is, and I'm trying to look it up, and I obviously can't really find it. But I do remember there's two episodes as a kid that traumatized me. So there's one where it was like, 
a weird cocoon man. I don't remember what it was, but it was like, yes, I know what one you're okay, talking okay, about. Yeah. So that one was <laughs> disturbing. And then wasn't there one where like there's an elevator and people would get like sucked into it at like the base of the, the escalator, excuse me, not elevator where like, hmm. I don't remember. I just swear like someone like was at the base of this escalator and they got stuck and it like sucked them into it. And it was really, I don't know. That and maybe one I I'm don't making know. that up. Yeah. But the other one, yeah, I think it's like, oh, his last name's Tombs or something dumb like that. But he collects, he surfaces every 20 years to like collect livers, right? And then he cocoons himself in something. Yeah, it was, yeah, <laughs> yeah, some of those episodes. And I even tried watching the new seasons and it was just not the same at all. I haven't checked it out. My dad was watching it and he was like, eh, thumbs down. It's not the same. No, but it, he was also saying, you know, Jillian Anderson, she's not a redhead anymore, so it's not worth watching anyway. <laughs> it's like, thanks a lot. See. Eugene Victor Toombs. That's there you go. It. That, yeah, that, that was that a is, scary oh one. Oh, God, that's him. Yeah. <laughs> that's anyway. one that stood out to me. So I'm glad it scared you, too. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely disturbing. Um, oh, God, I just saw a screenshot. Yeah, that's horrible. Okay, so, yeah, let's move on. So... Obviously, you started with Terra Mechagodzilla, but what would you say is your favorite film now and why? I like so many of them and like going through the Criterion box set too in order is fun because mm -hmm. it's like, oh, maybe like I'd rank things differently now. But I love Destroy All Monsters just for the sake of like seeing almost all of them together. I would that's my dream is like if they could do I mean, not on the remake train, but yeah, mm -hmm. it'd be so cool to see like a modern rendition where it's like, it's got everybody. So yeah. it's cool to see that kind of a crossover. It's so ambitious, but I like, um, yeah, I guess I'll always have a soft spot for Terror of Mechagodzilla. Um, but Destroy All Monsters, I think I have to say is my favorite. Final Wars, I know, like throws in everybody too, but some of it is just like way too... 2000s for me oh yeah <laughs> just like I mean, hide behind 41. my hands and watch it yes that part you're like oh <laughs> here we go the angst yeah. <laughs> yeah and that i know final wars is a favorite for a lot of people and i i get it like in essence it really is fan service the movie and it's fine like i'm, I'm not going to critique it for that but even with destroy all monsters like the plot itself isn't super deep but it's still fun i hmm. mean that's that's what i enjoy about it, is like even with that one, yes, the monster action is cool. You get that big finale at the end, but everything leading up to that is still engaging and it's still fun. Even though when I watched it with my son the other day, he got really disturbed by the fact that the the girl's the earrings just get ripped out of her ear. Ooh, it's like, I why do you do that? It was at um, the end of G-Fest this past year and we're all uh, in the restaurant. I think it's, is it Caddyshack that's inside the same building? I'm going to get this wrong. But we're eating together. We're all kind of spacing out and they have Destroy All Monsters playing on the screens and Jacob hadn't seen it before. Mm -hmm. And he glances over right at that part. He's like taking a bite into his burger and they rip the earrings out. And he's like, what are we watching? Yeah. I was like, th there had to have been a better way to do that. But, you know. Like, just slip it out. Like, have you never Ugh. seen how an earring goes into an ear before? The monster fighting's fine, but the earring, yeah. That's yeah, too that, That's where I draw me. the line. <laughs> so, I mean, because I think a lot of people, and the goal with this podcast has been to review movies that aren't just Godzilla films, right? Initially, that's what it was going to be. And then when I talked to Chris, he's like, oh, well, what about this film and this film? I'm like, 
because he did a little bit of research. I'm like, yeah, that's a good point. So we've added, you know, like uh, Matongo. We're reviewing Atragon. So like, do you find yourself watching similar films in the genre or like kind of what's been your experience? Are you pretty? I mean, I know you did the uh, God, what's the uh, <laughs> the one that you and Henry <laughs> reviewed? Why can't I not think of it right now? Oh, um, um, the X from Outer Space. Yeah, I'm so yeah. sad so you didn't like you, that one. <laughs> I, I'm sure I'll warm up to it. I just I did not like it that first time. Ah, it's a lot of fun. The design of Gilala is hilarious, too. Yeah. So um, I think I always gravitate towards creature features, or at least that kind of stuff catches my eye, whether or not I'm like sincerely interested or um, if things come out nowadays and it's going to be like like a bad movie night with some friends, I'm down for that too, because I'm just like too morbidly curious to leave things alone. So I've seen some good stuff, some bad stuff, but um, if I have like, I don't know, favorite creature movies or monster movies that aren't like specifically Godzilla things. Um, I did like the shape of water. If that counts, <laughs> I still haven't man. seen that. Oh, you haven't. Mm-mm. Oh, it's so good. The fish man finally gets his girl. So that, that made me happy. <laughs> <laughs> I heard um, Henry didn't like it. I know. I'm just like, what's wrong? It's fine. It's, I don't know. Yeah. He, I think he's got an ax to grind against Del Toro for some reason. I think so. But I enjoyed it. It was fine. It's also, like, can we talk about the fact that it's one of the first, not one of the first, one of the few sci-fi movies that got Best Picture ever. Yeah, so it was like, that's a huge deal. Round of applause there. I liked it a lot. Um, maybe if I gave it a second watch, I'd start to see how silly it is. But in the moment, I was like, yes, this is for me. <laughs> um, I liked, oh, The Host. And I want to see Parasite because it's the same director, right? Yep. Yep. Um, but the host is also such a good, um, Korean movie. I love it. It's, I don't know, right from the get go, everything's happening all at once. I caught it on TV one time and I just like mm. sat there the rest of the, the session to finish it. Cause I was like, I am hooked. <laughs> yeah. It's very engaging. And then I recently saw, well, maybe like not this year, but last year I watched Colossal and that mm-hmm. was really good too. I like that it had, I'm always about like the human element and why that can be, specific to a monster story and not the other way around where it's just like, I want to do this thing with monsters and then how can I sprinkle it with people in the meantime? It's like, no, it could be like a primarily human focused story and then Mm. you can have it connected to those elements and not have them so separate. So I feel like that movie did it really well. Yeah. Colossal was really good. It was, uh, it was hard for me to watch, not because it was a bad film, but it was definitely one of those things where I'm like, it really made you wrestle with a lot of things that I think we take mm-hmm. for granted and like contemporary relationships and the way we interact with each other. And yeah, that's to me, that's the best monster film when you're like, it's kind of, you're wondering like, who's the real monster here, right? Is mm-hmm. it the big monster or is it us? Right. Um, but yeah, that was a really good one. I really enjoyed that. So, so, okay. So obviously you're, you're browned out a bit. Um, do you get into like Ultraman or anything like that at all? I know that's kind of been, I'm catching up with that. Yeah. I think, I really confessed to the world my lack of knowledge when I would just do the drawing challenges um, mm-hmm. over the summer where it's like Kaijun or Kai July and I'm like, hey, give me suggestions. And then people send me something. I'm like, this is this is weird looking. What What's this from? And they're like, um, don't you know that it's from Ultraman season, blah, blah. You know, like they spell it all out for me. I'm like, I didn't even know what that was, but okay, this is fun. But it's like a cool... 
in a way, I guess it's like being a kid when you're learning about dinosaurs. It's like mm. I'm getting to do that all over again. I can be like, oh, I don't know anything about these monsters or this show. So every time somebody sends me one, I read up about it. I'm like, this is really neat. And I'll check out the episode. And it's more memorable that way. Like I've drawn it and then read up about it, watched the episode, talked about it with people who were looking for that monster um, at G-Fest. So that's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, curiosity there. <laughs> I didn't grow up with it or anything. People have said that they did, and I'm like, where where was it available in the States? Like, I don't think it was on cable TV. I don't it know. was. So that's really? the thing. So I don't, I don't know, maybe not necessarily the original, but like I know Ultraman, is it Tiga or Taiga? That was on like four kids. So I remember that was back really? in like the 90s. And then, yeah, so I, I do remember Ultraman as a kid. But I just hmm. never got into it because I'm like, he looks like Jet Jaguar. That's oh, that's, right. all I, that's all I could think of. <laughs> it's so just, just a knockoff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think that's kind of the thing is oh, for a lot of us, I mean, you know, I'm 30. I don't really have a whole lot of time to just sit down and like watch a show mm-hmm. ad nauseum, right? Like I've got to break it up. So I'm, yeah, I'm a little behind on a lot of this. I remember first time I saw, it was, I think, uh, Gyras is on Ultraman. He's the Godzilla suit with the frills. Oh, with and the I'm frill, like, yeah. Yeah, I was so confused. And then people are like, oh, well, yeah, this, this. I'm like, oh, okay. Like, I just, I had no idea. But, you know, we, we all kind of start at different places. Not all of us, you know, buy the dub VHS, you know, and watch it. We're, we've, this whole Mill Creek um renaissance with the Ultraman series I mean for a lot of us that's kind of a first right so Mm -hmm. it's been awesome but I think that's just one of those moments where like we got to remember like oh wait we didn't all start watching these at the same time right so and for the most part people have been really gracious to the fact that I'm like new to some things Mm -hmm. um I honestly haven't met too many people who are just like arms folded across their chest oh like fake kaiju girl or whatever but (laughs) it's um it's fun if I'm like taking a drawing suggestion and somebody's like this is my favorite one let me tell you all about it like I like that kind of interaction instead of like I don't know I'll find something strange and post about it be like what the heck is this and everybody's like well don't you know every so often there's somebody like that but for the most part People are just excited that there's somebody else out there to like talk to about it. <laughs> yeah. And, and that's big. I think that's what we need to do, right? Instead of like, well, how, how do you not know? And be like, okay, well, let me teach you. Right. You know, mm-hmm. this is, we, I don't remember what discussion I was having, but it was just along the lines of like, you know, when we have these moments, we can, you know, listen and we can teach instead of insult. Right. That's, that's kind of the, the trick is that's not, maybe not where we, our knee-jerk reaction is because we're mm-hmm. very defensive about things that we like. But when we do that, you know, we make friends along the way too, right? And then we have people actually feel welcome. Um, and I know this wasn't on my questions, but I've got to ask because you brought it up. So, like, mm-hmm. how do you find yourself in a largely male-dominated fandom? Like, what's kind of been your experience with that? Because that, to me, that's important. I think, um, fortunately, I haven't had too many instances where that even crosses my mind Mm -hmm. Um, because on the internet um, I don't know who anybody is so it's kind of nice to have that anonymity and all I see is like the likes are going up the shares are going out you know people are liking my stuff and talking about it so that's good but I think I was really confronted with it when I went to G-Fest and there are people who spoke to me and said oh you know we're like we're really glad that we're able to get some more female creators in this space. And it was one of the first times that I... No, it was. It was the first time that I'd been to G-Fest. I was like, oh, is it normally a little too 
steep in one direction. And um, I guess I was surprised that people were surprised that I was there. I don't Mm -hmm. know. So I'm glad that that's my experience, that I don't have people outright like singling me out saying, oh, you're not part of this or you don't belong here. I felt really welcome. But um, yeah, I don't know where I was going with that. (laughs) (laughs) I'm trying to think. G-Fest is really the only time that I've noticed the actual discrepancy or even like an age range thing. Like um, not only will I notice that it'll be mostly male dominated, but it's um, so many men over 40 too. And I'll just be, or at least the two years that I've gone, I was like, oh, I don't really see a lot of folks my age here. Mm -hmm. Interesting. It'll be, yeah, like people who are probably classic fans or people bringing their kids. And then the kids are fun because, I mean, wrongly then I'll assume that, oh, you came with your dad because he wanted to take you. But no, then they'll educate me. They're like, I can name every single monster in this picture here. And they will. And it just amazes me. So yeah, <laughs> it takes all sorts. Um, I know in the Artist Alley, I guess it was a big deal that there were, um, I think, four. I know I'm missing somebody four or five female creators this time out of the 30 that were there. Um, So I don't know if I ever hope to like balance it out or take it over or whatever, but I just hope that people, um, I don't know, are more accommodating or just Mm -hmm. don't make it a big deal. I don't know. If you make stuff and it's cool and people want to see it, then I think you should be there. But I don't know. Yeah. (laughs) Well, I mean, that's good that you've had a positive experience because I know when I was in the Star Wars fandom before, I did see a lot of issues with that where people would feel like if they weren't a stereotypical guy, like that was why Ray was such a big deal, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, yes, you had Leia and you had, you know, a couple other characters, but like this was the first time it's like, oh, wait, like this is a lead character that I can really connect to. Right. And then, mm-hmm. of course, people are trying to take that away from him. And I'm like, it's just it's, it's a mess. So I, but I think maybe the difference in the Godzilla fandom is like diversity has always kind of been a thing, you know, like there's there's definitely some social norms that we may not understand. But like even from the get go, there's always been strong women in the films. There's always mm-hmm. been a good mixture of that. So I feel like maybe it lends itself to that where it's not so drastic. But then obviously you have guys that just can't stand the fact that women are stealing the spotlight or how they perceive that to be right i know there's this this in any fandom there's this strange idea of ownership that people have like oh this belongs to me and it has to be the way that i want it or Mm -hmm. how i remember it to be and it's like nobody nobody owns it other than the people who made it and i don't know i just get sad when people don't want to share that with other people yeah i know that starts to sound really like kumbaya (laughs) touchy-feely but um, really, I, I think we've talked about this before where I understand the gut response. Like if you've been bullied or picked on for being interested in something and mm-hmm. then you watch it suddenly become totally acceptable yeah. by the people who were picking on you in the first place. Like, yeah, it's you feel defensive. Like, that's not fair. You picked on me about this and now you're embracing it. So it's it's not fair. I've been wronged. But I would just hope that people would move past that and be able to think like, I know how badly I felt when I was on the outside of something. Mm-hmm. So I don't ever want anybody else to feel that way. But yeah, that's I huge. don't know. <laughs> no, I mean, that's that is really important. And that's something I've shared myself where I wasn't like how you would see in movies bullies. Right. Mm-hmm. But even like being a nerd in high school, I still picked on other people. 
Like I still found people that were considered lower in the social strata than myself. And mm-hmm. I picked on them and I've had to make peace with that, you know, and it sucks, but that's why I see this stuff happening now. And I'm like, I've had to kind of take that step back personally and be like, okay, so I know how it feels to not only get picked on, but to do that myself. And that's where we have to take that step of like, we don't own the fandom. Mm -hmm. Like at the end of the day, as long as, you know, people aren't being abusive and all this different stuff, like everyone's welcome. Right. I Mm -hmm. mean, it's just, there needs to be standards, of course, (laughs) about how we treat each other. But yeah, at the end of the day, like we, we should be welcoming on that. So again, I'm just, I'm glad that you've had a positive experience because hopefully that will encourage other women in the fandom to be like, Hey, like, you know, it is possible for me to be involved and not be scared. Cause I think that, you know, I can't speak for anyone, but I could imagine that being a real thing of like, I want to be mm-hmm. more involved, but there's a lot of guys here and that's how guys can be. They can be very territorial. They can be very defensive. And I'm just I'm like between you and uh, Kaiju Hime. I mean, it's been awesome seeing, you know, different uh, female artists actually being prominent instead of just like, being relegated to oh well you're just a cartoonist right you just you do mm-hmm. little doodles but like you both I mean I see your stuff shared around all the time it's awesome so I don't know I'm encouraged by that speaking of uh kaiju hime destiny she's great um but she is going to be we, on here as well so good I'm glad to get to it. talk to her we yeah. were side by side at g-fest this last year so it's like perfect this is the cool kids corner but <laughs> Um, she and I have talked about sometimes how it can feel like a slight sometimes if there is anything I could complain about at all is like people are like, oh, your stuff is really cute. And it's like, I can understand in certain contexts if I did do something that looked intentionally like fun, playful, small, mm-hmm. cute, adorable, whatever. But there will be other things that I won't think was my intention, but they'll just describe my stuff as, oh, it's just, it's really cutesy. It's really childlike or just. I don't know. Sometimes I'll feel really minimized. Like I can only do things that are appealing to children and not Mm -hmm. cool, edgy stuff or whatever. Like maybe what I'm trying to say is I'll feel like my stuff might look so simplistic that it seems like it's just going to appeal to a younger audience when that's not my intention. But um, yeah, uh, Joe, he's a dope pope on Instagram. I have to use everybody's handle. I just like yeah. want to put up a little icon of everybody's pictures so everybody knows who I'm talking about. But he uh, does the total opposite work that I do. You know, he's like doing all these intense models on ZBrush and they're so mm-hmm. cool. And he came over um, to me last year and was saying that he appreciates how I'm able to like simplify something like a complex. We will have like two drawings of the same kaiju. And then he'll say, oh, like you were able to simplify that. And that's like a whole brain process by itself, like taking something that is a complex animal and like making it recognizable and simplistic. And I was like, thank you, because you're you're seeing what I'm trying to do. I'm not just like, I don't know, cheating and skipping past (laughs) all the detail. I'm not like less skillful. Um, So I'm glad that somebody saw. Sometimes, though, I do just like fart out a little drawing of Godzilla. I'm like, ah, this is cute. This is fine. (laughs) Low effort there. But some of the stuff I'll feel minimized if people are like, oh, you're one of the girl artists over there. You and Destiny, your stuff is so cute, which I'm going to laugh because I think she's going to tell you later that we might be doing a panel at G-Fest about how to make cute kaiju like drawings and stuff. But it's like a simplistic art form. It really is respectable. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So maybe that's it. But that's fine. If people think it's cute, I'm just glad they like it. (laughs) Yeah. And 
Yeah, I, I could see that where it's like, that's not really what I was going for. And it kind of feels like it's just, uh, again, it's kind of a knee jerk reaction of, oh, a girl drew it, right? It's cute, right? Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, it's like, well, I'm getting the attention to like, at least people are sharing it. Because yeah, you shared something on, on Twitter the other day. And I was like, I actually saw multiple people I follow like retweeting it and it was going around. I'm like, that's awesome. Like, I love seeing that, you mm-hmm. know, instead of just the stupid same dumb <laughs> posts that go around and everyone it's that's that's so bad on instagram i feel like now is like mm. a minor thing of news happens and you <laughs> see it 20 times everybody shares <laughs> the same thing right yeah so i'm like I, it's always encouraging when i see it be like actual like content you know something that someone's produced instead of oh new playmates model and i'm like all right right <laughs> it is cool though to see like shared from somebody else who like isn't associated with yeah, a friend of mine yeah, but i'll yeah. recognize their art like if destiny's art is shared by somebody else just like hey that kind of looks like a kaiju he made drawing oh wait it is, it is. and they, they got to see it so that's yeah. cool you feel like yeah rooting for you <laughs> so getting off godzilla a little bit what's been your favorite non-monster film this year I do watch a lot of stuff, mm-hmm. um, but I promise I'm doing it while I'm working. I don't just watch like 80 movies a year, like sitting in front of the TV. I like <laughs> to have something on while I'm doing comic stuff. Um, I think I, lo- I watch a lot of documentaries that mm-hmm. way because th- that's definitely something I can listen to in the background more than actually like turn my head and look at it. Yeah. So there was some cool stuff this year. Some of it was um, <laughs> all the fire festival documentaries that came out that was just a train wreck it was so interesting but i watched both of them i recommend both of them they're (laughs) it's a train wreck so stuff like that's interesting um and i end up in the horror genre a lot i've realized i've just accepted that i've been this closeted horror fan for years i think people made me feel really bad about it like oh you're into a bunch of sick stuff that's weird but i just think that people i mean like in monster movies even if it's just like a horror setup they find themselves in such engaging situations like i don't just want things to be gruesome but i think that people are in really unique predicaments Mm -hmm. in horror movies and i'm like i can't fathom how you're gonna get out of this one so it's just so interesting um so i think part of that has to do with (laughs) being in churches too because then you're just like oh this stuff's demonic it's like how is this edifying i'm like oh okay so let's just keep watching your kurt cameron films because that's right (laughs) that's what we need very gentle and inoffensive yeah that's frustrating i do feel that judgment at all right i feel that judgment from people in those circles sometimes like (laughs) that's always a good icebreaker i'll like meet some kids parents from youth group and they'll have us over for dinner like oh you like movies what's your favorite movies and i'm like oh i really love john carpenter's the thing but i'm not gonna lead in with that one like (laughs) um so whatever i like what i like um there's a lot of neat stuff I didn't watch as many movies this year. I think I went through more TV shows, but mm-hmm. um, trying to think if anything really stood out this year. It feels like a cop out because I just saw it today, but Knives Out, I'm saying, was like so yeah. good. Go watch that. Um, yep. That anything that's up for the Oscars, too. I try to like shotgun all those movies and see everything and then watch awards night and like fill out mm-hmm. a ballot and stuff and go along with that. <laughs> So it's a lot of content, but I promise it's while I'm working. So so if you maybe not movie as much, like what would be your standout TV show? You said you watched a few. 
what would oh, be the one that you would I recommend? I go through so much stuff. Um, and then I can't think of a single TV show I've ever watched ever. I mean, other than stuff that I'm going to be like, oh, watch The Office, watch Arrested Development, because nobody needs to be told that. Everybody should. But No, everyone. So, no, you're wrong, because <laughs> everyone knows what The Office is. But then I bring up Arrested Development. I even did the Arrested Development edit in the Matango episode, and no one commented. And I'm like, really? I spent an hour doing that. I had oh, to go through on. so many episodes to find the right bits, because that's the first three seasons of that show are absolutely perfect. It's so good. And then it got to the point where it's like, oh, we know we're funny. It became so Mm self-aware and it wasn't funny anymore. So, yeah. I like the first three. I think I watched the first Netflix thing they did and it was okay. I knew it'd be different, but that's all right. Not the same at all. I find that I have to have like a funny show and then a serious show that I can go between. I can't just watch one thing all the way through. Um, mm-hmm. We recently just finished Dark Crystal. That okay. was so good. Um, I was a fan of the movie and I was so happy to see that just because they have like new tech all these years later, they didn't like blow it out of the water and make it look like a different thing. Like it all looks like it still belongs to the same universe. So that was awesome. Um, only good things to say about that. Um and then I like shows like Mr. Robot, but it's such a downer because it's so like we live in a society, <laughs> but we do. So it's, that's a thinking show, not not like a fun one to throw on right after The Office, but I liked that one a lot. Um, it's from a while ago, but I really loved Mad Men. I watched it with my mom and that was cool because she um, would have been the same age as the main character's daughter. So Sally mm-hmm. Draper and she's like, wait, I had that dress and then your aunt had that couch and so and so had that car. So it was like really nostalgic for her. But awesome. I liked that show a lot. It takes a weird turn towards the end. And I almost was like, oh, I can't even root for the main character. He's such an (laughs) awful person. But it's things like that. I like to think, but then I also like to laugh. So I need a good funny show and then Mm -hmm. a serious show to like engage with more. I have a couple shows that I couldn't do at all. I my big disappointment to everybody was that I couldn't get into Doctor Who. So that's a a shrug on my part. I I haven't been able to get into Doctor Who either. Okay. Just, it was just okay. Yeah. I will say, so you're talking about having a comedic and uh, more serious show. So did you ever watch Luther? No. Ooh. I feel like it's floating in my list and I keep cycling yeah. past it. <laughs> Bump it up. Bump it up. Okay. Yeah. So problem is my wife and I watched it before we had a kid and we were able to watch it. It was super intense then. But since mm-hmm. then, yeah, it's it, whether she's pregnant and it's too stressful or it's just late at night. And it's too stressful. We just haven't been able to watch again. I'm so bummed because it was absolutely incredible. So, mm-hmm. yeah, that definitely would recommend that if you haven't checked that out. So I'll put it on my list. I don't know why I have a hard time starting new shows. I think I'll get so comfortable in what I've done. Like I'll find a show that I like and it's always like seven or eight seasons long. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I don't have to deviate from it for a long time. And then when I finally do, I'm like, <laughs> I don't want to go and make a new friend. Like, <laughs> yeah. Well, this one's to start short over. though, so I know. I think I haven't watched the new series, but I'm pretty sure each season only has like, yeah. So first season has six episodes, then it's four, four, two, and four. Oh, that's not long at all. No, no. Huh. So I haven't watched the new season. I didn't even realize that aired. So I'm gonna fix that tonight. We're gonna start watching that. Um, 
that or we'll finish the Irishman. We haven't finished that yet. So that's a three and a half hour movie. We've I was going to watch it out. the other night and then yeah. I saw how long it was going to be. I was like, I'm not going to be awake that long. Never mind. I know. <laughs> I know everyone's like, you just need to watch it the whole way, the way that Scorsese intended. I'm like, uh, I've also got a four year old and a pregnant wife. Don't judge me. Like I'm going to watch it how I watch it. <laughs> yeah. I don't know when you'd have a spare three and a half hours. <laughs> no, no. Um, so last question what does the fandom mean to you? Like what, what has it, how has it impacted you? And like, what's kind of been your, your hopes and dreams to see with it as well? Cause obviously it means something to you. Mm-hmm. I think I'm still kind of sorting out the, the fact that there even is one. Like mm-hmm. I was going it alone for so long that I thought like, Oh, this is just something I used to watch when I was younger. Um, that nobody takes seriously. But it, yeah, it's really encouraging to see that there are so many people who are still like actively engaging in it. And I know that we've had like a couple movies come out recently to like rekindle the fire. But even before that, um, I think it was, it was the year I got married. So in 2014, I was doing a lot of freelance work at home and I was like, oh, I'll just throw on some mystery science theater and like watch something while I work like I do. Mm-hmm. And I watched the Gamera episodes and I had never heard of Gamera at all you know, another thing like Ultraman where I'm just like, this has Mm -hmm. been here this whole time. I would have loved this. Like, (laughs) why didn't I find out about this sooner? But I watched the Mystery Science Theater episodes. The one with Giron is my favorite. It's so funny. The commentary that they do. (laughs) Yeah, it's it's good. So after that, I like backtracked and found more of the movies, watched them. And then I thought, oh, just for fun, I'll draw some of them. And I posted it on Tumblr. And I would... Not like you should pay attention to the numbers, but I do. I noticed like normal stuff that I draw was like, oh, general interaction. And then all of a sudden I drew these monsters from Gamera and there was this huge response. And I'm like, mm-hmm. who are you people? Why do you like this? <laughs> it's like, I thought this was just some random chance thing that I found that nobody was interested in anymore. So I did that and I'm like, oh, well, I used to watch Godzilla when I was little. I'll draw Godzilla. And then it's just like this surge of followers. And then I find out about Kai July, which is the drawing challenge each day in July, you're going to draw a different Kaiju for mm-hmm. the 31 days. So I just thought, oh, what the heck? I'll draw these Gamera monsters I just learned about and some of the other Godzilla ones. And then, yeah, like I get this surge of followers and people are requesting, they're like, you haven't done this one yet. And do you know about this? And you should check this movie. And I'm like talking to all these people. And it was like so exciting. Like, I didn't know you guys were out here. <laughs> so I think I, in the beginning, I was so excited to find out that there was even a fandom at all. Mm-hmm. And then going to G-Fest a couple years later, seeing them in person too, is like, wow, there are thousands of people here. This is like alive and well. <laughs> I just thought it was me and dad. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's the tough thing, right? I mean, I know when I got back into it, like after Godzilla 14, I started picking up some of the old films, watching them again, but I never dreamt of like, oh, maybe I should talk to other people. Right. Mm-hmm. Like I knew people watched the movies but I had no idea that there was an I didn't think community. there was, yeah, like a, a relevant fan base. I figured, yeah, it would be like people only past tense. We've seen it before. We thought about it. Nothing current. Um, so, yeah, I was really surprised to find so many people. And then what was cool about G-Fest was going there. And then there were people that I had talked to over the course of a couple years. Um, yeah, we recognized each other in person. I was like, oh, you're like a real person and not just a profile picture. And they're, yeah, we're 
tons and tons of people in the artist alley who were like, oh, I've been so excited to meet you. And then I'd finally piece it together of like, oh, I know who you are. Or actually, my my Matt Frank story is embarrassing. I spaced out and because his username is not just his name. So I didn't make the connection that that person who was interacting with all my posts was Matt Frank. So I had known somebody who's like, oh, I hope you can go to G-Fest this year, you know, talk to this person. And then I get there and he introduces himself to me. He's like, oh, I'm so happy that you're here. I'm like, yeah, okay, whoever this guy is. And then I look and it's Matt Frank. I'm like, oh my gosh, I feel like an <laughs> idiot. I didn't know that was you. <laughs> like, yeah. Because so what I is it like Spankzilla really, or something yeah, like that? I thought yeah. it was just some rando on the internet. And then, well, I mean, he is. But then he's also, no matter what, it would have been great to meet anybody, but that it was like somebody really prominent in things currently i was like wait you know who i am he's like yeah i like helped get you in the artist alley i really like vouch for you i'm like you're so nice to me why <laughs> and then henry had to kill him oh, that was so funny yep <laughs> the the movie that Channeling actually Matt gave Frank him a migraine from the grave. <laughs> we should make shirts we really should <laughs> he's he's been great he's been a big part of like showing me that there is more of the mm-hmm. fan base and he does his fair amount of policing everything too <laughs> he's fighting the good fight but yeah. um i think in the beginning i was even happy that there were enough people to argue about stuff i'm like oh i didn't know that you would all be interested to talk about it and then now it not like it's lost its magic but now more of the the ugly is coming out of the woodwork so it's like oh this is a community that perhaps i should like not just make stuff for, but actively engage with Mm -hmm. and try to encourage people and like, I don't know, slap people on the wrist if I'm allowed. Stop fighting on the internet. Like, (laughs) yeah, yeah, that's that's what you want to do too, right? (laughs) Yeah, and it's one of those things where I've even learned as trying to be part of like a functioning church community, like you can't just take, right? You have to invest, you have to give. Mm -hmm. So when you do that, I think that's when you can make a difference is when it's not just like a drive-by shooting, right? I feel like that's how some of these arguments are where it's just like someone Mm -hmm. makes some harmless comment and you come on and be like, your opinion's garbage and you run away. And it's like, what? (laughs) Like, why? Exactly. It's so easy to do that on the internet because it's just like a quick message and then you don't have to look at it again. You can delete it if you want. You can Mm. take it back, right? But in person, it's just like, okay, say it to my face. Yeah, and you actually (laughs) see the pain in their eyes and you're like, oh, huh, maybe I shouldn't have said that. Mm -hmm. So um, I did just get a text from my wife, so she did ask if we're wrapping up. (laughs) (laughs) But my my last question for you is, uh, do you have any words of encouragement to listeners, anyone who you know, kind of what we're talking about before, maybe they do want to get more involved in the fandom. Maybe they have something that they feel like they could share with others, right? Or just Mm -hmm. in general, I think, you know, you're right is yes, the arguments are annoying sometimes, but then you're also like, okay, but we have people to argue with, right? We could be doing this on our own. So do you have any encouragement you'd like to share? Yeah, I think I have some for both sides of the camp. I wish it wasn't divided like this, but it seems to be um, for people who are like on the fringe and maybe are just getting interested in things right now. I feel like there's this pressure to like prove yourself like, oh, I have to study up and have all my Godzilla knowledge and I have to Mm -hmm. know every Ultraman monster that I just drew. And then because somebody's going to quiz me at my table later. But (laughs) I know that there's that pressure to do that or be that. And it's discouraging because it almost feels like... um, yeah, you're like you're not invited or these people are going to pick on you. But um, I think you can start wherever you are and you don't have to be officiated by anybody. If you like 
Godzilla, if you like Gamera, if you're interested in these things, like you already belong. That was the only requirement is you have to like this kind of stuff and you're totally welcome to talk about it. And if you don't know things, you can ask people because they would love to tell you. (laughs) So having it in like a framework of curiosity, I think bridges that gap more if you're on that side of it. Like if you're feeling attacked from people. If you are inviting them to like, oh, well, tell me more because I would like to know about that. Um, be the bigger person in that. And that's good. Because there are sometimes, yeah, I, I can tell somebody's baiting me and being like, oh, well, you actually use the wrong spelling for this monster. Or they want to quiz me on something. And I'm just like, I actually don't know, but I'd love if you told me. Because then it like reshapes the conversation where they're like, oh, well, I wanted to. So it makes it less corrective and then they're just like i'm excited like a little Mm -hmm. kid to tell you about my favorite monster um and it for the people on the other side who maybe feel like too protective of it like i was saying earlier like maybe you have old wounds about people weren't accepting or picked on you for having niche interests Mm -hmm. um remember what that felt like to like not be allowed to be a part of something and just just stop the cycle i don't know that I feel like I can't say it in a way that isn't like, just be nice to people, man. Kumbaya. But really, like, it's... Just be nice to people. Just, yeah, the best (laughs) wisdom that I ever heard from somebody, and it's way too simplistic, but I think about it all the time, is don't be a dick. Just Mm -hmm. don't. Like, you. there is only, only things to gain by just being nice to people and welcoming them in. And don't quiz people. Don't make people have to prove. Like, people, people shouldn't threaten you because they're interested in the same thing as you and i know it might seem that way like because of old wounds but um there's just so much you're gonna miss out on if you like don't let people in so yeah yeah that's awesome that's my advice i appreciate that so so lisa i appreciate you joining us tonight um would you mind telling everybody where they could find your work at that's right um, all of my usernames are the same except on Tumblr. Um, Tumblr is rugops.tumblr.com, R-U-G-O-P-S. It's the name of a dinosaur. I thought it was funny. I should have just changed it so it's consistent, but it's a brand at this point. But everything else is under my name. So Lisa Nafziger, all together. Nafziger is kind of hard to spell. I'll put it, I'll put it in the <laughs> notes. Don't you'll worry. work it out. It'll be okay. So I'm on Instagram, Twitter. Um, my Tumblr username's different, but, um, Everything hopefully has a link to my Patreon. Somehow you'll get there. You can read my webcomic that way. I try to connect all of my social media updates together so you can't avoid it forever. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, definitely, definitely recommend supporting her if you haven't. Um, Like I said, I'll put all the links in the show notes as well. So I appreciate you taking your time out of this evening. And uh, For those of you who are still listening at this point, we'll have some more information on the bumper, but uh, have a great night. Yeah, thanks for having me. Thank you again for listening to this episode of the Kaiju Apostle Podcast. If you liked what you heard, don't be a stranger. You can find us on Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook at Kaiju Apostle Pod. To make sure you don't miss any future episodes, you can subscribe to our show on your favorite podcasting platform, including Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, and Google. Lastly, we do have a Patreon page where we have some great perks, including early access to the episodes, show notes, and the ability to have your voice recordings featured on the show. Again, we appreciate the support, and we look forward to hearing from you.